Okay, uh, welcome everyone to the Kol Agadah Pirka of Kugarn Hills. We have a very interesting subject today. We have a nice Olam today. Um, we have about 30 people together on the Zoom and on the phone line. Um, we're going to speak about the episode in the middle of Parshas Lech Lecha, where Avram Avinu risks his life, Hishlech Nafshay Mineged, and he goes to save Light. Now, the question really is, even if Light, let's, let's assume Light's a good guy for a moment. Even if that's so, which Rashi already says toward the beginning of the parasha, that Light moved away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the extent where God would not even speak to Avraham so long as uh, Light was in the accompaniment of Avraham. But even if we were to assume that Lloyd was a good person, why is Avram Avinu risking his life to save Lloyd? I mean, isn't that curious? Is one even allowed to risk their life to save someone else? You know, that's a halachic shayla. Is somebody allowed to put their life in jeopardy to save someone else? Certainly one cannot give up their life to save someone's life. You know, the halach is one cannot give up their life to save someone else's life. Right? My chazis, the dama, the chavrach, But are you allowed to put your life in danger to save someone else's life? You know, that's the subject when it comes to organ donation. And the halacha really is no. It's, uh, the sma learns, it's a machloik, it's bavli and yushami. And we paskin, one cannot jeopardize their life to save someone else. I mean, that's the major topic. But why is Abraham risking his life to save a light? And, and as we mentioned, Lloyd is not such a great tzaddik. He went to Sudaim. His, uh, his direction was quite poor. Why is Avram risking his life? Now, I would say, just simply, the reason Avraham was risking his life is because he sort of committed himself to him. He told, he told Lloyd, which Rashi says means, don't worry, we're going to live apart from each other, but I've got your back. And perhaps that is why Abraham risked his life to save Lloyd, because he gave him his word. And a word is a word. But we're going to explore further what the motivation of Abraham was um, in rescuing uh, Lloyd. If I may take a moment, Baruch Hashem, the new Sefer on Bereshis, uh just came to America yesterday. And if anybody wants to get the Sefer, um, it's going to be available in all the stores, or you could go to our site, rabbidg.com. It's available for with free shipping. And I mention this because there is a, another approach over here, namely that Abraham recognized that in Lloyd lay the seeds of David HaMelech. And Abraham was not just rescuing Lloyd, but rescuing the future Malchus based David. But we're going to take a different direction today. The story begins, the narrative begins, It was in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar. Um, and the first thing is, who is Amraphel? So Rashi says, oh, who's Amraphel? Amraphel is Nimrod. She told Abraham, jump into the furnace, into the fiery furnace. Amraphel told Nimrod, jump into the fiery furnace. Now the first thing is, what's Rashi bothered by over here? What do you mean, who's Amraphel? Amraphel is Amraphel. 
I mean, does anybody ask, uh, who's Daniel Gladstein? Oh, you know, he's somebody else. No, usually most people are who they are. So why is Rashi saying, he's not Amraphel, he's Nimrod. And he's called Amraphel because he told Omar Avram Poel. You know, what's that all about? Why? Rashi's not bothered about Aryoich. He's not bothered about El Asar. He's not bothered about Kedar Omer. He's not bothered. So why is Rashi, what's, what's troubling Rashi about Amraphel? And Rashi says he's Nimrod. Okay, if he's Nimrod, I have a very good question. He should be called the Nimrod. And you say, okay, he had two names. Now, here, here's the big problem. If the reason why you want to call him Amraphel is because he told Avram, jump into the fire, then he should have been called Amraphel at the end of Noyach when he told Avram to be thrown into the fire. Why wait until Lech Lecha to call him Amraphel because he told Avram to jump into the fire? Well, what's the, this is the wrong timing, bad timing. I mean, I understand he has a nickname, but use the nickname at the appropriate spot. So, if you remember the end of Parshas Noyach, the Pasuk says, V'chush yaladis nimroid hu hechelios gibar ba'aretz. Chush bore nimroid, he began to be mighty in the land. He was the gibar tzayid l'fnei Hashem. Al-keni amar ki nimroid gibar tzayid l'fnei Hashem. V'atirei v'shis ma'amach t'aybogam. Says the Sifzei Chachamim, D'koshol Rashi, meaning, here's what was bothering Rashi. It says, Amrafel Melech Shinar, but it says earlier, Vatihiresh's Mamachtoi Bavel, Be'eret Shinar. It says Nimrod was the king of Shinar. And here it says, Amrafel is the king of Shinar. It says, Chachamim, I finally identified what's bothering Rashi. What's bothering Rashi, it says, I, I would have, if it would have just said Amrafel, I would have said, Amrafel is Amrafel. But it says he's Melech Shinar. And we know that the Melech Shinar was Nimrod. So therefore Rashi says, same guy, it's really Nimrod. And why is he called Amraphel? He told Avram to jump into the fire. So, <coughs> I think it's still, <coughs> um, I think it's still incumbent upon us to try to understand why is the Torah calling Nimrod Amraphel in the context of the war of the four kings against the five kings. If anything, it should have called him Amraphel earlier on. Now, here's another major question here. Namely, it says, In the 14th year, Kedar Omer came, and the kings that were with him, they smote the Rafaim in the peaks of the, in the valleys of the, of the cliffs, they asked Hazuzim Baham, fine. Says Rashi, who's Kedar Omer? Kedar Omer is uh, ranked number three in Parshas Lech Lecha. Right? Amraphel, in the beginning of the story, it says Amraphel, Aryoich, Kedar Omer. And then, in later on, it says, uh, Well, who's Kedar Omer? I thought the leader here is Amraphel, Nimrod. Nimrod was ranked number one in the beginning of the story, all of a sudden, this team, you know, Lahabdil Abdullah, excuse the analogy, you know, in uh, in baseball, the best player is uh, is the third hitter. It used to be, when I was a kid, it was the cleanup hitter. Then they changed it to the third hitter. But in the Torah HaKadoshah, Lahabdil, 
the third place is not the prime uh, location over here. The first person mentioned is the most important person. So if the story opens, why does the story switch to Kedar La'aymer? Well, so Rashi says, Kedar La'aymer was the reigning power. The five kings served the four kings. If you look over here, um, in Pasuk Tess, Eis Kedar La'aymer Melech Elam, so Kedar Laimer was, so to speak, the leader, and therefore, when he goes to war, Kedar Laimer is mentioned first. But that's very curious. Why would the narrative begin by Yibi Me'am Raphael, and then when the story is switched, it goes to when the story is switched, it goes to Kedar Laimer. What's the meaning of that? Why the switch? I'm just getting a clearer version of the Lavush because didn't come out so well over here. So let's take a look at the Lavush. I'll try to make it bigger on the screen here. Not that clear. Okay. So the Lavush, you know that Ramurdechai Yafa, the author of the Lavush, wrote a perush on Rashi. And the Lavush says, you know, why is Rashi even giving a drush for the name of Amraphel more than anyone else? He says many of them have a drush in the Medrash and Rashi doesn't bring it. He says the Lavush, that's exactly um, this question of why first Amraphel is mentioned and then later on Kedar Laimer is mentioned first is what prompts Rashi to explain the name of Amraphel. Namely, you read the story and you think Amraphel is the guy in charge and you go a few psukim later and you see, no, he's really not the leader over here. It's really Kedar Laimer. So Rashi's bothered. Why is that? Isn't Kedar Laimer the Baal HaMaisa? Why start off and then switch to Kedar La'oymer? And the answer is that you have to know that even though Kedar La'oymer is the Bala Maisa and he's the strongest king, nevertheless, there's a reason why Amraphel is mentioned first. And that's because he's good old Nimrod. And he's a personality we're familiar with. He's somebody mentioned earlier in the Torah. So even though granted, Kedar Oimer is the mightier, mighty king here, and he's the one who um, is, is, is liable to suffer the greatest loss if uh, he doesn't win this war, nevertheless, since Amrathel is more of a recognized character, we start the story off with him, but this is something we have to investigate further. Again, why are we switching the players here? Why start by Hibi Me'am Rafael and then switch to that Kedar La'aymer is the main king over here? Then we go to a Pasuk over here, which I think is one of the most difficult Pasukim in, uh, to read, just simply. The Pasuk says like this, Vayikhu es light, they took light, V'yes Ruchushai, and they took his possession, Ben Achi Avram, the son of the brother of Avram, Vayelech. Now, I just want to read this Pasuk Kipshutai. I know you're going to say, you read the Pasuk, they took Light. They took Light's possessions. And who was Light? Light was the son of the brother Avram. That's not what the Pasuk says. It says, they took Light, and they took Light's couch. And you know who Light's couch was? 
Lloyd's couch was the son of the brother of Abraham. It says they took Lloyd and his possessions. Who were the possessions? Ben Achi Avram. It should say, Vayikhu es Lloyd, Ben Achi Avram, Why does it interpose between Lloyd and then Lloyd's relationship with Avram, Ben Achi Avram, and the word Vyasrachushai? I mean, isn't that, uh, isn't that difficult? Isn't that strange? Why interject the words Vyasrachushai in between Lloyd and Ben Achi Avram? No, what, what's going on over here? And so this question is brought in the Sefer Shard Svi. He says the Tzarchian the Hayat Tzarch Loimar Vayikhu Es Loit Ben Achi Avram Biyesruchushai. And the truth is, I found that Arizal himself asked this question, and Arizal gives a kabbalistic answer why it interposes the words Biyesruchushai between Es Loit and Ben Achi Avram. And that is as follows. The Arizal says that there was a very holy soul that was uh, connecting to Loit, that had attached itself to Loit, and that soul was Rava. Amazing thing, that soul was Rava. If you look over here, the Arizal says, if you take Rashi Teva, Rechushai Ben Achi, you get the words Rava. And the point here is, one of the reasons why Abraham is going to rescue Lloyd is he's trying to save the soul of Rava that laid dormant in the attached to the soul of Lloyd. So we read, we read the Pasuk as follows. This is, uh, you know, quite, quite remarkable. But, Now, says Arizan, if the Pasuk would have said, Ben Avchi Avraham v'yes Ruchushai, you wouldn't have Rashi Teva's Rava. So the Torah switched the syntax to be Merames to the soul of Rava. By the way, I once saw in the Sefer Shalshuvais Shteyadais, an amazing chiddush, that if Rava's soul lay dormant in light, and we know light did an avera with Yayin, look throughout the entire Shas. Whenever there's a, a memra about Yayin, the Balha memra is Rava. Rava said, Rava drank wine Arab Pesach to elicit his appetite for the, for the uh, matzah. Whenever there's a memra about Yayin, it's always Rava. Why? Because Rava came from light, and Rava needed to be in the kilkul of light with Yayin. By the way, in our humble Sefer on Purim, we bring an amazing observation, that if you look throughout Shas, Abaye is always saying things against Yayin. <laughs> so Abaye, the Balputta of Rava, he's always trying to be masaking the overemphasis on Yayin. It's, it's actually very interesting. Anyway, that is how that Rizal learns the Pasuk. Rav Shwab says there is a, a, a reading of this Pasuk, Alpit Shudai, and that is, you want to understand, you know, in the beginning of the parsha, Hashem speaks to Avram, and Lloyd was with him. The end of the parsha, God only speaks to Avram after Acharei he parted Lloyd Nehemai. So Rashi's troubled. Why is Hashem only speaking to Lloyd after uh, to Avram after Lloyd separates from him? Says Rashi, so long as Lloyd is together with Avram, Hashem can't speak to Avram. Says Rashi, what about in the beginning of the parsha? 
No, in the beginning of Parsha, Light was still good. So Hashem could speak to Avram even though Light was in his company. Once Light turned sour, Hashem wouldn't speak to Avram until he, uh, until Light left him. Now, it's, it's quite amazing in the beginning of the Parsha, Light was not only a good guy, but when Avram went down to Mitzrayim, Light didn't spill the beans that Sarah was Avram's wife, and Light was ultimately rewarded for that. So he had a lot of, um, Modesty, and he had he was able to uh, cover over a secret, and he was a very loyal nephew. And look how Abraham, look how Lloyd really plummeted. What what happened to the man? Why did why did Lloyd um, plummet so quickly? What happened to him? You know, we don't find in the parsha what what, what exactly was the avera that Lloyd did that made him go down in his madriga. I mean the. All we know is, Vayisa Loit Mikadem. Loit, you know, he left it. He, he left Abraham Avinu. He left God. What exactly brought him to that? Rabbi Schwab has really an amazing observation, and it comes from these words. And that is, there are two different attitudes a person could have toward, toward their acquisitions and their possessions. One could say, I am me. I am Pliny. And I plainly, I happen to have a nice house. And I happen to drive a nice car. And maybe I have a nice watch. But that doesn't define me. And that doesn't, um, doesn't make me who I am. I'm not associated by my possessions. It just has something that I happen to own. And other people become so attached to their possessions that they allow their acquisitions and possessions to define them. In this pasuk lay the secret of Lloyd's downfall. Vayikhu es Lloyd. You know who Lloyd was? Lloyd wasn't Ben Achi Avram. Lloyd was Fias Rechushai. His Rechush, his possessions became him. His money, his portfolio, his bank account, his wealth defined him. Became part, an extension of his entity. And that's why he went to Sadaim. He was Lloyd B.S. Ruchushai. He wasn't Lloyd Ben Achi Avram B.S. He became B.S. Ruchushai. Or, another way of saying it, he allowed his Ruchush to interpose between him and Avraham Avinu. Lloyd B.S. Ruchushai Ben Achi Avram. And because of that Chatzitza, that's what caused Lloyd's downfall. Now, let's continue on over here. The pullet came. I'm going to veer off for three minutes. First of all, I see uh, Harav Ezra Klein is on the Shir, the Rosh Kailo. I want to welcome Rabbi Klein and thank him for being Mahsik, uh our learning. We should uh, continue to have Siyat the Shmaya in all the Kailo. But I want to just segue off an interesting subject just for a few minutes over here. He says... We know the pullet was Oig. And he told Avram Ivri. And it's very interesting. The pullet... Now, Oig had a brother. Who knows who Oig's brother was? Oig's brother was Sichain. What, what happened to Sichain? Sichain? Sichain is the other giant. How did, now, how did he survive? We know that Oig survived the Mabul... Remember the Ben Ashri says, "Asay lecha tevas, asay goifer." As Rashi Teva is, "Alisa oig, oig went up." 
Oig went up onto the Teva. And another Remez is, Rabbi Shulayv Diskin says, Hashem said, Kol Ashebachar Aviyamas, Kol Basar, it says Kol two times. Ein Riboy Acharibuy Elo Lemait. Who is in Lemait? Everything was destroyed except for Oig and Sichain. Or as the Balaturim says, Vayishoyar Ach Noyach. It's a double negative. Double negative means Ach Noyach Leraboys Sichain and Oig. Oig we know about. Oig the Pirkei of Lezer says was hanging on to the uh, ladder of the Teva. Where's Sichain? Sichain. I saw an amazing Rabbeinu Bechaye in Parshas Chukas. You know why Sichain is not mentioned? We know uh, only eight people survived. Noyach, his wife, his three kids, and their wives. No, Sichain also survived. Sichain survived? Where was he? So the Ben Yoyada says he went to a very tall mountain, and I don't know what he's doing there. He went, he went to a big mountain. Rabbeinu Bechaye says something which is Oyam Benoira. Oyg is a giant, yeah? How did, how, why was he so big? When the Bnei Ho'elokim came down from Shemayim and they lived with the Bnei Ha'adam, so they produced big people. The first person they produced was Oig. The This Malach's name was Sham Chazael, Rabbein Bachai says. He then lived with one of the wives of Noyach's kids. Now, Listen to you. Then lived with one of the wives of Noach's kids. Noach's kid's wife was pregnant with Sichoin. Says Rabbeinu Bechaye, you know why Cham was Meshamesh on the Teva? Because he knew his wife was Mazana. And to cover it over, he lived with his wife so that when his wife would bear a child, they would think Cham's the father. But really it wasn't. It was the Malach. You know who Cham's wife was pregnant with? Sichoin. The reason why we, we don't find that Sichon was in the Mabel is because he wasn't. He was in the Teva. The reason why the Torah doesn't say he was in the Teva is because he was actually in the wife of Cham. Okay. Now back to the narrative here in Lech Lecha. Vayishma Avram Kinishba Achiv. Avram heard his brother was captured. Huh? Avram doesn't have any brothers. Avram heard his brother was captured. Avram doesn't have a brother. Now this is not the first time Lloyd is called Avram's brother. If you remember earlier on, We shouldn't fight. We're brothers. Now, not every time Avram and Lloyd are referred to are they called brothers. If you remember in the beginning, uh, by that difficult Pasuk, it says Veloit was Ben Achi Avram. So sometimes the Torah gives us the precise relation. And other times it says they were brothers. And Rashi's bothered earlier on the Parsha, why was Lloyd called a brother? And Rashi says he's called a brother because they looked the same. Avram looked like Lloyd. Doimin him. So the Maskil David is bothered earlier on the Parsha that, okay, why does the fact that they look the same, why is that a reason not to fight? So the Maskil David says, because if they look the same, they must come from a Sharish, the same Sharsha Neshama, 
and that means they're sort of, you know, connected at the hip, and it's not appropriate for them to fight. And then the Maskal David brings the Pashup Shat. By the way, you know the Maskal David? The Maskal David is a um, Rav David Pardo. He wrote one of the classic Perushim on Rashi. He also wrote a Perush on the Toisefta called Chaste David. And I had this chus too over the last couple of years to find his kever on Har Hazesim. Not that, you know, I'm sure many people have been there, but it's very hard to read his kever. And in the, I believe the lower area, you know, in the area of the Archaim HaKadosh and the Prichadosh is buried the Maskele David. And he says, very posh it, because Avram looked like light, Avram said to light, this is not a good idea for you to be grazing your your animals on other people's fields because people are going to suspect it's me. So therefore, we have to separate from each other because I don't want people being choshed me that I'm not muzzling my animals. So now we understand why earlier on in the parsha, Lloyd is referred to as the brother of Avraham, namely that he looked like Avraham. But why in the context that Avraham is going to rescue Lloyd does the Torah have to say, Oh, and Avraham heard the guy who looks like him is captured. Why is that relevant? That's the reason why Avram is going to rescue Light because Light looks like him. So the Sefer Kihilas Mordechai asks the Ishla Daktik, Eich Amar Ochev Ben And furthermore, why is Avraham being Moisir Nefesh to save him? So let's begin with the following unbelievable pshat. I remember many years ago, no, seven years ago, I spoke in Memphis, Tennessee. And the rabbi there, I think his name is Rabbi Feigenbaum, he spoke Friday night. And he said over at Dvar Torah about the war of the four kings and the five kings. And he quoted Maran Rabbi Avadi Yosef, an amazing pshat. And I asked him, really? Where does Rabbi Avadi say this? He has... A Torah on the Chumash? I know he has a Halacha, Yabiyomi Yechavadas. He said, no, I heard him say it. He said, you heard him say it? That's pretty amazing. Yeah, he said when he was learning in Eretz Yisrael, he heard Rabbi Vadya, who by the way, his yard site was this past Shabbos. I said, wow. So I try to find, where is this in print? And in my uh, one of my favorite svarim called Masois Tevel, which is a safer of stories about Rabbi Vadya, they quote Shiure Rashal, Shira Rishon Litzion. Oh, Gedalia, you're on. So I looked it up. Rabbi Gedalia just got me four volumes. Shire Rashal, Shirim of Rishon Litzion. And sure enough, it's recorded in, uh, that Rabbi Vadya said this. But I want to, I want to begin by finding an earlier source. Namely, the Ran, the Ran Alatayra. That the Ran says, the reason why Avram Avinu got involved in this war I guarantee you, it's not typical of Tamidei Chachamim to close their Gemaras and enter a war that they're not involved in. That's the last thing any tzaddik wants to do. But he knew that the reason why Kedar Oymer may have fought the war is because he had monetary uh, gain over here because they, the, the five kings were serving him and he stood to lose all that income. But Avram Avinu knew there's another king over here who he has no 
financial incentive to be involved in this war other than he is fighting this war a Melchema, Melchema against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Namely, he was trying to capture light. He was trying to score a victory against the family of Avram Avinu. Nimroy did not hate Lavan betainas mamain, but since he knew that excuse me that light was associated with Hashem Yisbarach, he wanted to he wanted to he couldn't attack God directly, and the way he chose to do so was by attacking um, light. But let's develop this further. The Sefer Shar Tzvi points out, Amraphel is Nimrod, as Rashi says in the opening Pasuk. And why is he called Nimrod? Because he told Avram to jump in the fire. And we know there's an age-old battle between Nimrod and Avram Avinu. This is like the battle of the Titans. That while Nimrod, Nimrod is trying to persuade the whole world, Avram Avinu is soyser him. And when they had that epic battle, and Nimrod threw Avram into the fire. Nimrod was utterly ashamed and embarrassed because the whole world recognized Ki Hashem Hu Aleichem. And Nimrod really was despondent for the rest of his life knowing that people thought that Avraham Avinu won-upped him and that it was clear, Einoid Movadai. But Nimrod had an Einfal. You know what the Einfal was? He could get back at Avram. He could kidnap Avram. Not that he would ever dare to go to Avram and kidnap Avraham directly because he knew he would never win that war. But Avraham's nephew Lloyd was a spitting Im- image of Avraham. And what he could do is he can go and capture Lloyd. And then the whole world will see that maybe in round one, Avraham won. But in the bottom of the ninth inning, when push, push came to shove, and Avraham Avinu and Nimrod went at it for one last time. Not only did Nimrod win, Nimrod captured Avram, and he could chain him up, and he could parade him, and he could burn him, chas v'shalom. So this was Nimrod's plan, that ultimately he would be able to get back at Avraham. And that is why the Pasuk emphasizes, Vayishma Avraham kinishba achiv. Avraham heard his brother was captured. Why is the Torah saying that, in this context, that Lloyd looked like Avraham. That's irrelevant. What, is, what does this piece of information have to do with the fact that Avraham went to save Lloyd? The answer is, why do you think Avraham went to save Lloyd? Avraham went to save Lloyd because, not because he was being nice to his nephew, not because Avraham felt bad for Lloyd. Avraham did it because otherwise it would be a chilil Hashem, because word would get out that Nimrod captured Avraham. That's why in this context, Vayishma Avram ki nishba achiv, says Rabbi Vadi Yosef. You know why Avram was Moiser Nefesh? It's not for Lloyd, it was Bukhvait Shamayim. Because when Nimrod threw Avram to the fire, Nimrod was done, his career was over. But now Nimrod has this great idea how he could get back at Avraham. Says the Sefer Kihilas Mordechai. I don't know, I never heard of that Sefer before, not to be confused with our shul. But uh, the Sefer Kehilas Mordechai, he brings a story, and I do not believe this story appears in any medrash, nor do I believe this story ever happened. 
He says he heard it from a darshan. I think this story is more of a mashal than an actual medrash. But here it goes. We know Avram Avinu was a great machnis oireach. And one time Nimrod was on the road and Avraham, Kedarka Bekoidesh, was machnis Nimrod. And he gave him a home and board for 30 days. Afterwards, when Nimrod wanted to leave him and to travel, so Avram gave him a todarab. Uh, Nimrod said, uh, thank you very much. So Avram said, what do you mean thank you very much? You just stayed in my house for 30 days. Uh, I charge $970 a day. Plus you drank the water in your personal fridge, which is another $17. Plus you used the shampoo. Plus you, uh, you asked for an extra towel. So your bill comes out to $1,700 a day. So Nimrod said, well, I don't say that. I thought they said you're the big machnes oireach. You're more expensive than the Hilton. Why should I be worse than anybody else? You know, you house Arabs for free. What about me? Avram said, you? I don't understand. I only house B'nai Adam for free. But you, Nimrod, you're a god. You, you, uh, you, you claim you're God. I charge God money. I don't charge people money. Gods have to pay. So Nimrod said, okay, what do I owe you? So Avram said, look, you owe me $50 billion. Nimrod said, for what? Avram said, for all the people that I housed that I was never able to charge. So Nimrod said, what kind of usury is that? What kind of, what kind of, uh, what kind of, uh, financial abuse is that? I, th- I thought you were a nice guy, Avram. Now you're a gazlan? No. Avram said, look, some, God has to pay me back for all of my hachnasas orchim. Not only that, um, all the people that I housed for free and I didn't take one pruta, they all blessed me. God should pay you back. So now that God is here, I would like to collect. You know, here you are. Now it's time to pay me back. And now they, they said God should pay me back a thousandfold. So uh, here's the bill, God. And Avram took out an exact cheshbon. Uh, he took out a calculator, and Nimrod said, uh, bah, "I left my credit card at home." Avram said, "I take American Express." So Nimrod said, "I only have a ten thousand dollar max. Uh, I can no way I could pay this up." Avram Venus said, "No problem. You have Visa. You have American Express. You could sell me the money, however you want to get it to me." And Nimrod said, "Look." I'm not a god. I'll tell you the truth. I'm not a god. I, I, I would like to get my stay for free. Avram said, no problem. Just sign right here that you are not god. So Nimrod had no choice and he signed on a piece of paper. I, Nimrod, Ben Kush, Ben Ploini, Ben Almoini, I am not a god. And therefore, whenever Nimrod went around the world claiming that he's Gibar Sayyid, Avram Avinu was wagging this this settle that Nimrod signed away for him that he's not a god. I don't think this story appears in a medrash. I think this is just highlighting the thorn that Avraham was in the side of Nimrod. In other words, whatever Nimrod wanted to promulgate and and promote and disseminate in the world, he knew that Avraham was around, sort of, Avraham's existence and presence sort of uh, demonstrated that that is not uh, the case. And therefore, Nimrod wanted nothing more than to capture Lloyd, because if he can't get at Avram, 
at the very least, what he could do is he could uh, capture light. Now, says the Levush, Adavar Ayon Venaira, says the Levush, you know why Rashi has to identify by Yehibi Mei Amrafel? Who's Amrafel? Nimroid! Is because, says the Levush, the Torah is not a history book. The Torah is not a chronicle of war. You think the Torah is written to record ancient war? We, we need to know that five kings rebelled against um, uh, Kedar Oimer. That's all irrelevant. That's how the New York Times would, would report it. But if you want to know why is this in the Torah HaKadoshah, Vayhibimei Amrafel, who's Amrafel? Nimrod! And the reason why this whole story happened is because Nimrod tried to capture light. Now, if you read the story in the papers, they would report it. It was a political battle. Kedar Oimer was the supreme king. And he had under his reigns five kings. And they rebelled. And Kedar Oimer, to boost his economy, went to war. And the fact that Amrafel was in it, he's a minor player. That's how the newspaper would report it. But if you want to know why this is in the Torah HaKadoshah, Vayihi Bimei Amrafel. This was Nimrod's way of getting back at Avraham Avinu. If I can't get him, let me at least get his lookalike. Let me get his clone. And therefore Rashi has to say Amrafel's not Amrafel. Amrafel is Nimrod. Now, watch this. I would humbly suggest that is why Amrafel is mentioned first in the opening of the narrative. Because politically, this was not Amrafel's war. This was Kedar Oimer's war, as the Psukim delineate further on. But in the opening of the narrative, what the Torah is saying, if you want to know why we, why the Torah is reporting this, it's not about Kedar Oimer. It's about Nimrod. It's about Nimrod trying to get back at Avraham Avinu. That's why it's recorded. So, yes, if you would read the story, it's Kedar Oimer. But if you want to dig a little deeper and why this is in the Torah, it's all about Vayibi Me'am Rafael. Now, the Levush says something, Oyam Benoira. Says the Lavush, the greatest simcha in this world is revenge. Now, it doesn't mean revenge against uh, your friend, your fellow Jew, but revenge against the Russia is one of the greatest joys in life. In fact, and uh, maybe you don't like how this sounds, part of the schar of Olam Haba is witnessing God take retribution against the Rasha'im. Yismach tzadik ki chaza nakam pa'amav yirchatz bedam harasha. You know what the joy of Olam Haba is? God will take all the tzadikim and he'll take all the Rasha'im, all the Nazis and German accomplices and they will be tortured and that will be the joy of the tzadikim they will remove their socks and dip their feet in the blood of the wicked. Huh? Who says that? David HaMelech in Tehillim. Yismach tzadik kichaza nakam ta'amav yirchatz bedam harasha. Therefore, says the Levush, God wanted to bring joy to Avraham Avinu. And God set up this whole thing. 
What do you mean the Yibam Shalom wanted to b- bring joy to Avraham Avinu? By the way, who told Avraham Avinu that Lot was captured? The Pollet. Who is the Pollet? Oig. What did he escape from? He escaped from the Mulchama. That's what it says. Kirak Oig Melech HaBoshon Nisham Yasser HaRafayim. Says the Lavush. It's very small here. I'll try to make it bigger. I'll read to you from my copy. Or what can I say? I guess you'll have to get the Sefer where this... Uh, this this uh, Maimar is uh, fully elucidated. So Lavush says that if you look in the Gor Aryeh, why Oig Melech lives so long? Says the Lavush, look, it seems to be very philosophical to me and there's what to ask on it. Maybe it's Divrei Nevuah and we can't question it, but Lavush says if you wanted to know why Oig lives so long, I don't feel it's a question at all. In my opinion, says the Lavush, the Rebbeinu Shalom knew that this would be a very intense war. And no regular mortal would be able to be saved from such a war and go tell Avraham that Oig was captured. Only someone battle-tested and a giant of the caliber of Oig Melech Habashan would be able to survive such an intense battle to be able to go to Avraham and tell um, Avraham his brothers was captured. Says the Lavush, in my opinion, maybe it wasn't the Zuchus of Loit that allowed him to be saved, but rather this was all a setup by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be Mesameach Avraham Avinu to see revenge. Because says Lavush, I ask you a question. You know, Avraham Avinu is a young man. And he's thrown into a fire because he was Moser Nefesh to break the idols of his father. And the mighty king of the world threw him into a fire. By the way, Avram Avinu didn't know he would survive. Avram Avinu didn't jump into the fire because he knew God would make a miracle. Avram Avinu really thought he would not survive that great fire, but he did it anyway. And after that, he had to run away for his life. And Avram Avinu may have thought, okay, God loves me. He made me great. He took me to Eretz Yisrael. He gave me wealth. He gave me a child. But why did I have to suffer that trauma as a young man being thrown into the fire? That was, so to speak, an unresolved mystery to Avram Avinu, why he had to undergo that. And therefore God said, Before you, Avram Avinu, come upstairs to Olam HaEmes, I want you to see and rejoice in the revenge against Nimrod. Because the, the Lavush suggests that later on in life when Nimrod saw the power of Avram and that he was saved from the fire and his wealth and his honor after on this week's Parsha, who Amek HaMelech, the whole world got together and proclaimed Avram Avinu as king. Nimrod, says the Lavush, it's likely, like Avimelech, went to Avram and made, he made a peace treaty with Avram. Like all smart Gentiles, they come running to make peace treaties with Jews. Why? Because they know they could break it and we keep our word. That's what they always did. So even though we don't have evidence to this, it's very likely, says the Lavush, that Nimrod made a deal with Abraham. Look, I don't harm you, you don't harm me. And so to speak now, Avraham Avinu would never be able to see the revenge against Nimrod. But listen to how the Masavev Kalhasibos orchestrates what occurred over here. Hashem 
put a, an idea in Nimrod's mind, you know what, let me finally get back at Avraham and capture Lot. By capturing Lot, what is Nimrod doing? He's violating his peace treaty with Avraham. Ooh, you're violating the peace treaty with Avraham. Now Avraham is not bound by his treaty with you. Now Avraham could come and kill Nimrod. So this whole story in Lech Lecha, Lech Lecha begins, Vayom Hashem al-Avram, Lech Lecha, Me'artz Lecha, Lecha, Lehanoscha, Letoivascha. You're going to have money, you're going to have wealth, you're going to have children. And not only that, but now Avraham Avinu will be able to ultimately uh, see the revenge against Nimrod. So now that Nimrod attacked Lot, Now listen to this. Oig because Oig wanted Sarah. So he was Mavasar Avram, so that Avram should get killed and he would marry Sarah. But Avraham, when he heard this, he says, This is great news that Nimrod captured Light. Because if he captured Light, I could kill Nimrod. And he was Batuach Bahashem, that Hashem would help him, and he went against him, and Hashem kept Oig alive. And because he'd be the only one to be able to survive the war, to tell Avram Lot was captured. And this way, ultimately, Avram Avinu would be able to experience the Yismach, Tzadik, Kichaza, Nakam, Pa'amav, Yerchatz, Bedam HaRasha. And therefore, the narrative begins. Vayhi me Amrafel. Huh? Amrafel? Who's Amrafel? Well, maybe Amrafel's Amrafel. No. Amrafel is Nimrod. Why is Nimrod mentioned first? He's not the Balamaisa. You're right, he's not the Balamaisa. Politically, he's not the Balamaisa. But if you want to know why the Tarak Dosha records this episode, it's all so that, A, we understand why Nimrod got involved. Nimrod got involved because if he can't get Avraham, at least get his lookalike. And that's why Davka in this context, Lloyd is called Vayishma, Vayishma Avraham Kinishba Achiv. And that, says Rabbi Vadya, and earlier the Ran, is why Avraham got involved, because he didn't want there to be this Chilol Hashem. But now that Nimrod attacked Lot, so now Avraham was permitted to violate the treaty, because Nimrod already abolished it, and by Avraham um, winning this war and rescuing Lot, not only did he rescue Lot, and not only did he rescue the seeds of David HaMelech, and as we said, the Neshama of Rava, but he was able at the end of his life, to see the revenge of the Russia who attacked him earlier on in life. So Parshas Lechacha teaches us that even though Avram Avinu's life started off difficult, and he had to run away from Meiladetcha, and he had to run away Mibesavicha, and he had to run away from Nimrod, but ultimately the Rebbein um evens the score, and Avraham was Zoycha to have that Simcha B'Saif Yomav of Yismach Tzadik, that's why the narrative begins, Bimei Amrafel. And we asked, what do you mean if he's called Amrafel because he threw Avram into the fire? That should have been mentioned earlier. No! This is the juncture where we need to know why Nimrod was called Amrafel. Because that explains why he got involved and why this story is mentioned in the Torah in the first place. Okay, Rabbi Isai, thanks for joining today. Bracha v'atzlacha. Have a great day. And, um... Until next time, we'll see if anybody wants to join our share today at 5 p.m. on the Arches Chaim of the Rush.
You're welcome to join us, 5 p.m. Thank you very much. Call Tosh. Square. 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 Thank you. Square. Rabbi, Rabbi Gladstein. Yes. Yes. So um, it ju- it came out last night, and so you you could get it. You could order it on the site, RabbiDG.com, and it will be delivered to you for free. Or somehow uh, we have to see each other, and I, I could get it to you. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. And, and the Rav working on Shemot. How is it going? Yeah. So the 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 we're working on Sefer Shemois, which actually we have about 180 pages on already. Oh, so I'd like to uh, send some. Okay, Tisko Mesois, and then this actually Bereshis is two volumes. So we're the after that we hope will be the second volume of Bereshis. Okay. So how many? So the two volumes or one volume? Oh, right now only one volume is out, but there'll be two volumes of the Shem on Bereshis. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Call Tov. Bye bye.